When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, formerly known as the mayor of PHNX. Mayor, no more. This guy next to me, but he's still very much in charge. Uh, He is Father Overlord Jacob, a.k.a. Faj, a.k.a. Jacob Franklin. That's me. You replace one tall white guy with another. Although I thought Jesse was going to be back today. Yeah, I mean, Jesse, Jesse doesn't tell us a lot. He lives a very mysterious life that unless he is covering baseball... Uh, he is an enigma otherwise. So I have no idea where Jesse is. Does he just I, like, like he goes to the ballpark and then he just kind of fades into Yeah, like yeah, he yeah, just, yeah. He, like, he just he sinks back into the shadows. In the wind. Yeah, yeah. But he's so long that one of his limbs is still right. hanging out. There's so you still, can kind of see where he's at. There's still that black and yellow Nike just sticking out of the shadows reminding you that he's always there, always watching, always keeping Jesse track. was trying to convince me that he wasn't tall the other day. Mm. He, he lords was like, that over me he was like, He was like, I'm like six foot i'm like no you're not dude no he's definitely like six two six that's what i'm saying he's definitely a lot closer to i'm tall and i can i i know tall like yeah like i can tell when i stand next to someone like like you're almost six foot or you're six foot me yeah are you six foot? (laughs) yeah let's just say yeah let's go with that yeah you're six foot i'm I'm gonna give it it to you yeah i know tall it's the best day of my life right now let's fucking go to six foot club i'm excited i'm excited to be tall but more excited that Tori Lavallo is sticking around as the manager Woo! for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think we're both fairly excited about that. It's hard not to root for Tori. It's hard not to like Tori when you've met him and know him in real life. And even just as a fan, if you've never met him, if you listen to his press conferences, if you've listened to the sincerity in his voice, it's hard not to be a fan of this sure. guy and want him uh, to maintain, uh, er, to stay as manager of a, the team. I know a great a of leader people, of men. A great leader, man. That's a great point. He signs a one-year contract extension, keeping a manager of the D-backs until 2024. I think one of Tori Lavallo's finest qualities, obviously, is what he's been able to do with the young young guys coming up, right? The minor leaguers. Their adjustment to the major leagues has been overall consistent enough that I feel like it goes beyond those guys being ready. I feel like it has to do with Lavallo and his coaching staff helping them adapt very quickly to the major leagues and and sticking around that doesn't happen for everybody and it's actually usually more common that they do go back down to the minors and and kind of have those options utilized and up and down uh but you know right now what we're seeing is more guys staying up more guys maintaining time at a major league level doesn't look like corbin carroll is going anywhere anytime soon so i feel like not i hope that so i feel like that's a big part of what tori lavello uh, brings to this. I, kn- I know a lot of people question I was, his managing. Yeah. I know that. So, and I get that. So, Tori Lavello has critics. Absolutely. Right? Yep. As, As does every, every manager every in Major League yep. Baseball. However, I feel like from, from my standpoint, I have been one of the biggest Tori Lavello supporters since he started his time in Arizona. Sure. Started right? off very hot. Right? It started off extremely hot. Yeah. So, he obviously, Hazen and Tori are kind of a package deal. Right. I think you don't get one without the other unless it were to turn south here and go south for the next two years, right? Because he obviously just got extended. 
I don't see that happening. I mean, this organization is in a, a position where I think that you're looking at a three to four year window where they're going to be extremely competitive. Sure. Year in and year out, obviously, situations change. Yeah. No guarantees, but it feels like they're very much in a good position. What I don't understand is the people who sit at home on their couch and feel like they can make better decisions than Tori does, right? And 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 at times, we all question something that Tori has done. Sure. Tori either sometimes has too much faith in his guys, which that's, that's a more rare instance for him. Yeah. I feel like sometimes he errs on the side of having too much caution. We saw that with the Zach Gallon, for instance, Correct. in this weekend's game with the Braves. He let Zach Gallon go to 110 pitches on the pitch count, which is a season high. And, you know, he probably reluctantly wanted to do that, but he did it because Gallon was so close to getting out of that sure. inning that he wanted he him, needed to, him to get to out of it. it. Right. Yeah. right. And, and, and he already had said he regretted pulling Zach Gallon in the sixth inning in, in the previous start Correct. and letting the bullpen go out there and kind of blow it. Now, so. like, I take, I take some serious issue with people that go on Twitter and say that he is inept as a manager. Because he is not sure he sure. he actually pulls the right strings a lot. Yeah. Like he is he has impacted this season in a way that can only be described as positive. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like coming into the season, most national outlets put this team under seventy five wins. Right. Jake from Jake, John Boy. We're looking at you. Yeah. And we will call you out on it when yeah. you're in studio. <laughs> we we'll, we we don't we don't forget we don't um, forget here. But, but like yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. Tori. Yes, has Which, he made by the some way, calls? I don't feel like was fair because I was talking about it with Damon earlier. I was talking about it with a couple of other people. I've had that question come up. Like, did you really deep down inside think that this team could be this good this yes. year? And the answer kind of is yes. And the reason why is because last year the bullpen lost 40 games, right? Mm -hmm. And had they lost 30 games, it still would have been at the back end of one of the worst bullpens in baseball. But those 10 games would have made the difference for them to be at what? Reach yeah. 88 wins, right? Like, so... There, there is something to be said about how close this team was last year, even though it didn't appear that yeah, they were very I, close, right? Oftentimes, managers take a lot of the blame for stuff that's not on them, right? Sure. Like, right? they trust a bullpen arm to go like, out there like and get everybody, the job done. When, and they when this team lost 110 games, mm -hmm. everybody wants to put that on the manager. Of course. But look at the well, roster and, that he was given. And the manager... In this case, being Tori Lavello, takes that upon himself. He did, right? and he did. Right? He owned up to it. Right. Well, when we had his press conference this weekend, and one thing that Lavello said was that he has been through some dark times sure. with Arizona. But He's also been through some great times. Well, and that's why he appreciates them sticking with him so much. In fact, he said, Tori Lavello said this weekend uh, that he wants to stay in Arizona forever. And in fact, here's a clip of Tori Lavello's press conference and him talking about how much he appreciates getting this one-year contract extension. I want to stay here for the rest of my life. I love Arizona. My family, my wife, we love Arizona. Um, and I want, to, I want to be here for, for every day of the rest of my career and, um, and honor whatever contract is, is thrown at me. Um, it would be great to get a lifetime contract, but that just doesn't happen in sports. I, I have, for whatever reason, work, been able to work through some very tough times here, and I'm more grateful for that than I am any any new contract that I'm getting they stuck with me and I owe this organization my absolute best effort so when they offer me something um, of course I want as long term deal as possible but I'm grateful for this extension you can't you can't I mean, how can you not love <laughs> I'd that run guy? through a wall for that man it's like it's like uh, Eduardo Escobar said 
I would die for Tori. And I would die for Tori. Like, Tori is that kind and, of and, guy. If Eduardo Escobar talks about you like that, Eduardo Escobar is some of the best, like, like good person, yeah, right? Like, Eduardo Escobar guy. is he's quite possibly guy. one of the best people in Major League Baseball. Yeah. And if you have a guy like that talk about your character in yep. that regard, I don't know how you can find somebody else that's that that impacts people on a deep level like that. Right. You got to be very objective here when it comes to this team, the talent, basically what Tory was provided in order for him to win. And I think the front office is very realistic about that, right? I think the front office very much knows that like 2021 doesn't fall on Tory's no, shoulders. The however, roster was bad. However, you're still the manager. Sure. And you're still you still feel responsible for that. I, like Tori is one of those people that I mean he even said he was like he goes I'd, I'd love to be a you know lifetime contract right those don't happen in sports but like he he really does want to stay here and I have a have a problem when it comes to the question who if you don't want Tori here who would you rather have in his place right who is going to be more successful and I don't know the answer to that I mean Gilbert obviously said Bob Melvin. We love Bob Melvin we here. We love Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin. He's one of the top Honestly, three yeah, he, he, managers. I would definitely bring him back if yeah. he was available. Sure. But I think Tory's in a spot right now where I just trust. I mean, I trust Tory. Like, it's uh, interesting because Bob Melvin is in the exact opposite position that Tory Lavello is in. Bob Melvin was given everything. Everything. All, all of the assets, right? But still, even in that case, when you look at that Padres team and where they're really failing at – they really focused entirely on you know position players and not so much on the pitching, which sure. is really what wins ball games, right? So even in that case, I don't know if Bob Melvin is completely at fault for that team's shortcomings for now, but I wouldn't be surprised to I, see them turn it back on, you know. You know, I would not be surprised if next year, after next season, right after the twenty twenty four season. So I'm speaking hypothetically now, a year and a half from now, probably, sure. right? To see him get that long term extension, yeah. A lot of people are like, well, why, like, why are we just extending him year after year after yeah. year after year? Yeah. It's well, this organization knew that Waltori was going to take the onus of the bad years, the 2020, 2021, 2022 seasons, right? He was going to take that upon himself, sure, and as as the failure that you know he yeah. put forth that, or whatever. Yeah, that's his fault. That they still trusted him when their plan came to fruition. Right, yeah. their minor league system that they've been drafting and developing for the last six years. Sure, they knew when that crop of kids came through. There's your litmus test. Yeah. yeah, right. When we've got Corbin Carroll coming up to the big leagues, when we've got Gallon pitching on also Merrill yeah. Kelly, all of, all of a sudden, like we just surrounded you with one of the best staffs in baseball. Right, like Bannister's great. Um, yeah, their their the, coaching the, staff is incredible. Like it's an all star lineup. Right, it's like Brett Strom is. Highly regarded as one of the best pitching coaches in baseball. We're, we're deep at manager. Right. We, so, could, we could lose two managers. We still have a third manager. To exactly. Step up so here's your litmus test. Sure. But we're not going to give you a full extension until we see what you do past. I mean, we're at what? The 57, 58 game mark we're, in the season. Yeah, we're one third of the way through the season. Correct. We still got so we're not going to give you a full yeah. extension for five or six years, right? We're only going to extend you through next year. Yeah. We know that there's potential to be good this year. If you make the playoffs and you honestly, everybody kind of put them around a contender for a third wild card spot. If you contend for yeah. if you contend I don't for know a if division, they, I don't know if they did that. I don't know if anybody put them in contention. Maybe it was just me. Maybe it was just maybe, us. Maybe it was just here, us. But like, I mean, yeah, you're right. But there. but if you A contend for just a wild card spot, but B, right now they're contending for the division spot. Very, like very for, much so. for the division winner spot. So this is a, okay, we trust you through next year, right? 
you make the playoffs this year. You then go and contend for another division winning season, season next, next year. year. Yeah. The bag's yours. Maybe. And that, maybe the bag's the yours. Case. Now, Mike Hazen did make comments as to why now was the right time to sign Lavallo to an extension. And we actually have that from the press conference the other day. Here's what, here's what Hazen had to say about why signing Lavallo now, especially while the team was doing well, was, was kind of a priority. I've been talking to Derek and Ken about it. And, you know, getting to the end of this homestand, getting into the month of June, third of the way through the season, the way the team has been playing, um, and the team's been playing this way the entire time, I mean, from spring training on, I think the degree of preparation that we see that goes in with this, with Tori and with his coaching staff is something that we think is an asset of ours. Um, the way the team plays for him, that's been fairly consistent, even in the seasons where it hasn't gone extremely well on the, on the win, from a win-loss standpoint. And it's something we're looking to, culturally looking to continue um, to make sure is here every, every day for us. Um, the investments that he has made into our players, I want to make sure that those investments can be made back. Uh, I think that's an important piece of the young club that we have and where we're looking to get to. Um, I think he's an extremely, um, he's, he's a very, very good game manager. He does a great job with our bullpen, those types of decisions. But I think what he does outside of that is even more impressive and more important for us. And I think he's responsible for a lot of the growth of some of our younger players and the coaching staff that is also responsible for the growth of our players. I think this group has done an incredible job. And, you know, we have a long way to go. We're only a third of the way through the season, so it doesn't matter. But to this point, we've, 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 we've played good, good hard baseball for a solid two months. Now, another really interesting thing about uh, Mike Hazen's comments was he was asked a couple of times why just the one-year deal or variations of that question. And Hazen made interesting comments about the one-year deal lining up with everyone else. That's kind of what he said, the group or everyone else. And he was meaning himself and yeah. he was meaning some of the coaches. Yeah. So it feels very much like they're in this together. They they are. And I'm not <laughs> saying it's like a must win now, right? <laughs> Sing it. Go, Faj. Go, Faj. <laughs> but like, it's not a... It's not really a must win now, but we've talked about that window being open with Zach Gallen only being here for two more sure. seasons. We've talked about how it opened sooner than they thought. Yeah. Right. And we thought it was going to be contingent on the Dodgers and when the Dodgers would be kind of, I'm, I'm not going to say not good, but the Dodgers would be weak. And that's what's happening right now. Big part of the reason why the Dodgers are not much better than they are is Will due Smith, to. I'm looking at you. It's injuries. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. The Dodgers are, are are wrecked right now by injuries, but that's that happens in baseball. It happens to good teams all the time. It's why the Dodgers still remain good is because of how deep they are. But the Diamondbacks definitely can, I guess, smell some blood in the water here. You know, what I mean, it's a good time for them. Good baseball teams do that. This is so like one thing about this D-backs team, right? Like we knew they had talent, but you piece it all together and you start winning baseball games, and the average age of your team is. Like 25 years old yeah they're gonna get into it yeah winning is contagious yeah. especially with a young locker yeah. room right like they get some confidence going and it just so happened that that first month of the season while the record might not have been perfect right they were like what 20 like like they were two games above 500 after the really tough stretch at the beginning of the season but that was just enough 
just enough of a taste for those kids that it was like, we, we can actually compete with some of these teams. <laughs> I hate to say this, but like... Blood in the water. The kids are... are, are they just... They don't know any better, right? No. Like, I'm not going to say they're dumb enough to believe that they can be good, but like that mental aspect of baseball creeps in. Yeah. Creeps in when you're at the plate. Creeps in sometimes when there's a fly ball getting lost in the sun. Creeps into your mind at all sorts of different times. Sometimes that's why guys go into slump, but... I talked to Lavallo about this and I asked him about like, do you feel like you've changed the mindset? Because in 2021, he very specifically addressed how good teams come into the locker room knowing they are going to win every day, whether they do or not, that doesn't matter. It's the mindset, right? The mindset is you come into the locker room and you know, your team is going to win that, that day. You know, you're good enough. You know, your teammates are good enough to beat the opposition. You don't come into the clubhouse Hoping sure. you don't lose, right? And he said, It's confidence, right? It's confidence. And he said, like, that's where their mindset was at in 2021. They came into the clubhouse hoping, hoping they, they weren't going to lose, right? And, like, that's such a different mindset between championship teams and teams that. And this is what's lose great about games. Reno right now, right? For those of you who don't pay attention to the minor league system, the Reno Aces have been one of the best teams in minor league baseball over the last two or oh, yeah. three years, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. Winning breeds winning. And it's a true. lot of these kids got a taste of what it was like to win important baseball games down in AAA, yeah. as important as you want to say they are. Right. Obviously, it's very important to the organization that their minor league teams are successful. But, because, we, but we as Major League Baseball fans don't think that that's sure. very important, right? Sure. Like, oh, that's cute. You won your little triple, your PCL championship or whatever. For yeah. this team now. It really because is. it's like, I know Alec Thomas hasn't had the greatest you know, year of his life this year. Obviously, sure. starting up in the sure. big league club and now being down in Reno, but last year he did he struggled toward the end of the year. What they do? They sent him down to Reno and he hit like three fifty yeah. until the end of that yeah. season. Same thing. And with understood McCarthy. what it was like to hit in high leverage situations. Right. right. Yeah. It's and, so and, important to this organization that that those teams are good. And that's why there are a couple of things that I think fans kind of don't really understand at times, and that's one of them, right? Like, it's not really a demotion to be sent down to AAA. No. What it means is we don't want you riding the pine up here at major league level and not getting at bats. We want you to stay active. We want you getting better. But we also don't want to cost our major league team potential wins right. with having you in the lineup if you are not effective, if you are not able to hit the ball right now. And honestly, the, the Diamondbacks – in this series that they played this weekend against the Atlanta Braves, they struggled at times. It's not sure. like that they didn't have a, uh, you sure. know, it's not like they didn't have their offense rolling, but uh, they they definitely struggled at times in certain aspects of the game. And we can take a look at the numbers here. Yeah, public public service announcement: the Atlanta Braves are a very good baseball well, team. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the D-backs dropped two out of three to Eddie Rosario. The Braves were also sure. there, but Eddie Rosario and Spencer Strider, who of course is incredible. But let's take a look at the numbers from this series. Things are much closer there, but that relief pitching ERA yeah. for the Braves is not a fucking That's mistake. Tough. That is really, really real. In three games, the Diamondbacks were not able to produce one earned fucking run against the Atlanta Braves bullpen, including, 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 Jacob, guys that pitched their first Major League Baseball game. Like, are you shitting me? Or at least their second Major League Baseball yeah. game. But my God, the uh, the... The impact the Braves' bullpen had here was enormous. The Diamondbacks did not lose this series by by very much. They lost two out of no, three. They were very competitive. And they were very competitive. And honestly, and they should have won two out of three. Much had the game three in the bag. Uh, the the relief pitching really is the big difference here. 
The Diamondbacks relief pitch, their their ability to not hit against the Braves relief pitching and to have the Braves be able to do what they did, or again, Eddie Rosario do what he did against the Diamondbacks and their bullpen was the difference yeah. maker in this one. I feel it really exposed the weaknesses of the Diamondbacks that we've been seeing as of late. Those two big weaknesses, in my opinion, is the Diamondbacks' ability to create runs late in games. Jesse and I have talked about this. This has kind of plagued them as of late, and that's a big factor as to why you see that relief pitching ERA is 0.00, right? But I will also say this. Uh, They don't have someone that can shut down a game. They do not have... That, that closer, I know that they don't want to go to a closer. I know that he wants to kind of do a closer by committee situation. But the fact is, is that even with how good Miguel Castro has been in the past, Miguel Castro absolutely blew that game. Uh, he was very ineffective. Not only could he not get, you know, not only could he not pitch in the strike zone, but then when he did, he threw meatballs right down the middle of the plate. So um, what's interesting, though, is much like Tori Lovello immediately having people come for his job, when he makes a mistake or the team loses a game, especially like game three, the bullpen deserves to be prote- or, or deserves to be defended a little bit. Because coming into this game, the Diamondbacks bullpen actually has been quite good. And I know we don't want to admit that admit that because of this, but that's what happens with bullpens. You tend to focus on the games they blew, and then you don't think about them when they're doing their job otherwise. The previous eight games coming into uh, yesterday's loss on Sunday, the D-backs bullpen had a 1.67 ERA with an opponent batting average of 235. So is that th- good, Derek? It's hashtag good, yeah. Jacob. It's hashtag good. But here's the other problem with that. The Diamondbacks bullpen, the Diamondbacks are the only team in Major League Baseball with four relievers with over 26 outings. And that includes Miguel Castro, Andrew Chafin, Scott McGuff, and Kyle Nelson. So these guys have been good, but they've also been overutilized when you compare them to the rest of the relievers in baseball. I mean, those four guys each have 26-plus outings apiece. That's insane. And I mean... Honestly, that's not sustainable for the bullpen because those are arguably the four best arms. Maybe if you want to throw Dre Jameson into that mix now that, mm-hmm. that he's back. But, I mean, those these guys can't last. But how often are they going to utilize Dre? They, well, because they're, obviously they're going to need to more. They're going that's to. It. That's the fact. Because that. obviously since they've called him up, they've only used him twice. Right. Which is a problem. Well, and I mean, again, you're not going to use him a lot because, again, you want to use long him in relief. long relief. Sure situation so you're almost going to use him uh, like you would a a starting pitcher but I very much expect to see Dre Hmm. Jameson in tomorrow's game against the Washington Nationals in a year where and I could be wrong on this I think I'm pretty sure I I found this statistic like a month ago or so in a year where across the league bullpen ERAs have gone up yeah the Diamondbacks bullpen has managed now albeit last year's bullpen was about a big of a dumpster fire as you could possibly have had the diamondbacks have managed to lower their bullpen era by 0.3.4 points which is extremely impressive when a majority of the league's bullpens have raised their era right right half a point right but the the diamondbacks kind of had nowhere to go but up when it came to last season right it's true came to the bullpen uh and honestly when you look at these pieces there are (laughs) Kyle Nelson is pretty much the only name there that is a remnant of last year's bullpen. Uh-huh. Miguel Castro, Andrew Chafin, Scott McGuff, all new names, all guys the Diamondbacks are relying heavily on this season. And 
I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I said it on Twitter yesterday. We all owe Scott McGuff an apology because um, Scott McGuff is our. I said it on snake. Twitter like two weeks ago, Derek. I, that's fine. That's steal fine. my tweets, buddy. That's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal it from you. But Scott McGuff, one earned run in last 15.1 innings pitched. Uh, fantastic. He's been fantastic. There were a lot of people that said this about McGuff, but like obviously it took a while for him to get acclimated, and it's going to continue to take him. You know, he's still probably not 100% acclimated, but felt like we were blaming, like, the difference in the size of the ball and a lot of stuff. His split finger is disgusting. It's nasty. It's straight up nasty. It should be illegal, but I'm glad it's not. Uh, but Scott McGuff, hats off to you because we've said a lot of bad things. And again, just like Miguel Castro kind of getting blamed for yesterday's loss, it's not to say he's not at fault for it, but Miguel Castro, uh, much like Scott McGuff, has actually been better than he has been worse bad you know what i mean like he's been good more than he's been bad unfortunately like scott mcguff and two of those losses i believe that are charged to mcguff he just came in and completely blew a lead with out looking effective at all against the opposition. you know what they say about early season predictions or early season reactions don't make them oh that's all i do all i do <laughs> i is mean overreact. we all do my it. entire job is to overreact. we all do it but there were People calling for Scott McGuff's head after his first. So he resembled Mark Melanson the, too much. And the, I just don't mean in performance. I mean, he actually looks like Mark Melanson. We're the all ninth, trying to find the guy who did. We're this. all trying to find the guy who did this. The ninth inning has obviously been an issue for this team. Correct. But it's the, it's an issue for a lot of teams. And, Nobody and, has it fucking cinched up. There's probably like five closers in this game. And McGuff's make it a tenure as an Arizona Diamondback obviously got off to an extremely horrid start when he gave up the back-to-back jacks. I still think about that. To lose the <laughs> game to the Padres. That. <laughs> That's possibly one of the lowlights of this season so far. And I think people were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Scott McGuff sucks. Scott McGuff sucks. But do you remember Merrill Kelly when he first came over from the KBO? Yes. Yes, I do. Was not good. Yeah. Yeah, there was a reason why he had a plus four ERA, right? I mean, and what he did, he would go one start and he'd go six innings and give up one run and strike out like four guys. He wasn't a strikeout pitcher, remember, sure, when sure. he first came over. But he could give you a decent. But he could give you a decent outing, and then the next outing he'd go like five innings and give up six runs. He would always give you length. So everybody's like, okay, like he's kind of bad at times, but also kind of good. Yeah. I think that's the same thing that happened with Scott McGuff, right? He came over and he like early on was really bad and then he was kind of good and then he got bad again. He was kind of good. And now we're seeing, I think, Scott McGuff not worrying about what a fan base thinks about him. Sure. And just going out there and trusting his stuff. I wonder how much Merrill has helped him too. You know what I mean? Because It's an Merrill, interesting adjustment. I mean, yeah, it is. And I, I imagine that Merrill would be a great source for you to go to and to get kind of i don't know i mean i'm not exactly expecting him to like give him life-changing career-changing advice but merrill doesn't seem like the type of guy that's gonna like talk to you a whole bunch i i i I don't know about that i mean because merrill like i still remember the first time jesse he could be like the wisdom guy i could see him being that the first time i watched jesse interview merrill Merrill had the body language of somebody that, you know, like all of us, we don't want to, like, someone comes up to sure. you, they want to interview you, you're kind of like, oh, great, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw Merrill get so into this discussion with Jesse. Like, it was wild because I wasn't close enough to hear what they were saying, but I was watching it. And, you know, at one point I look over and Merrill's, like, showing Jesse, like, how he grips the ball and shit. Like, it was funny because, like, I think Merrill Kelly, just like a lot of these guys, like Corbin Carroll, and, and they, they are really, really into baseball. 
And I think, I, I, and if I'm being honest, sometimes when they talk to people, like people aren't really on their level of discussing yeah. baseball. There's with a them. bunch of baseball nerds in this organization. Yes, Zach Gallen being like very, very much very, at the very top. Of top. That list. But yeah. like, I have I ever told you my tinfoil hat theory on what this organization like does with its prospects? No, let's hear. It. So what are the odds? Hurts them on purpose. What are the odds <laughs> that Corbin Carroll, Jordan Lawler, Andrew Jones seem to have the same shoulder injury when don't, they get drafted? Don't do this on this show. Don't do this what, here. What are the Just odds? Save it, save it for Espo's tinfoil hat thing. I don't Just know. Just put it on the tinfoil oh hat. What God. are the odds that you want them to go sit with your scouts in the big leagues for <laughs> what would amount to not enough of a minor league season for them to get comfortable? Yeah. Hmm, Let's just take our best prospects and make them sit with our highest level scouts and watch really high level baseball and just talk about it. I don't want to call you a monster, but I feel like I should label you as a monster. I should I should put a warning. Uh, They're not hurt. I don't think they hurt them on this guy right here. I mean, this is no way, shape or form does my opinion reflect on Derek or Jesse (laughs) or anybody else. Please allow them back to the ballpark. This is just my opinion on on something that I think this organization does. So just to take this a step further, are they hurting them on purpose? No, 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 no. Or are these fabricated injuries? I don't think that they hurt them at all. I think that they're just not hurt. Oh, the fix is in. The fix is in. This because is what's so this like is deep. What's stopping them from just like saying, "Hey, you're not going to go to like low level baseball, right? You're just going to come up here and talk baseball with us for three months." I mean, I would rather do because, that because because well, so I don't know if they. For me, I think it's less about like. I think it's what it would look like to the fan base if you were like, we're not going to care about our player going and getting reps. We're going to bring them up to the big leagues, right? I think you almost have to fabricate the story so that your fan base doesn't yeah. tinfoil hat. Look at this. Michaels wants to send you What is this? To- How's this toxic? Yeah, toxic. you got to go back to ASU. What is this? I'm going to say this. I think, if I'm being honest, that Corbin Carroll like unlocked the cheat code. But I also What's think the cheat code, Derek. The, the, up, the, up, down, down. Left, right, left, left right, right, left, right. Start, right. Select, a, B, a, B, B, start, start, yeah. yeah. No, but I think the thing for them is they think everybody can do that now, maybe. And Jordan Lawler did. I don't know about Drew Jones as much. I haven't heard anything about Drew Jones. I do know for a fact, though. He's somewhere Jordan, in the ether. No, well, no, I mean, I mean, I know Jordan Lawler came and sat with scouts. He did, and, and he so did Corbin Carroll. Carroll. Right. But I'm saying, like, that might be something now because of the effectiveness with Corbin Carroll that they just suggest to everybody else that gets injured as a some because what it's a better way to something to do with your time than playing MLB I'm just the show. Saying it's I'm not far fetched. Yeah, you're out because of here. it's like why don't you come sit with our best baseball minds in the organization instead? Like you, but not everybody cares. You that can much. work out at our camp and Corbin Scottsdale. cares. Corbin is a nerd. Corbin cares so much about baseball and Fortnite, but mostly baseball. But Fortnite a little bit. That's the only two things he cares about in the world. Family way off in the distance uh, right now. It's Fortnite and it's baseball all the time. But anyway. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, you, might, you don't have to agree with it. It's, it's a crazy just a theory. theory that I've put on. It's a crazy theory, but I appreciate it. And I uh, don't subscribe to it. But what I do subscribe to is those of you here telling Jacob in the chat that he's crazy. Uh, and I understand. I think he's crazy too. But I appreciate you guys sticking around, being here on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed already, do so now. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Leave us a thumbs up if you think his ideas are old water, I guess. I don't know. Don't leave us a thumbs down, though, if you don't, because then that kind of messes up the I have algorithm. a theory that that thumbs down is Mike Hazen because I've figured out his he- plan.
Damn it, you did it again. I didn't think you could make it go further, but now you did it. Uh, but all right. We thank you guys, of course, for being here. Uh, if you're listening on your favorite audio podcasting app, you might not really see the craziness in Jacob's eyes. So head over to the YouTube channel, see that. But subscribe on your favorite audio podcasting app. Uh, leave us a review. We always appreciate the feedback. And please disregard anything you heard <laughs> on today's show. Now, if you aren't a diehard, you should go grab one of those memberships over at gophnx.com. They practically pay it for themselves out of the gate. Not only do you get a free hat or shirt from the phnxlocker.com and 20% off all future purchases, you also get $50 gift certificate to Mountain Mike. So there Hashtag you go. Hashtag value. Hashtag value. Hashtag value. But you also get access to our members-only Discord lounge. You get members-only merchandise offers. You get members-only discounts with our partners, members-only discounts on events, members-only invites to events, and so much more. So subscribe today, sign up, become part of the PHNX family over at gophnx.com. Now, whether Jesse is here or not, whether it's like the weather, whether like life is going on or not, every Monday we do the same thing. Every week, of course, is Shark Week. Every day, of course, on this show is Earth Day. But every Monday, we go to the mailbag. Megaran, let's go! My mailbox, always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow, my mailbox. Hi, everybody. Let's go with our Mailbag Monday questions. Damon, what do we got in the mailbag today? First cu- question comes from Gabriel, and he asks, should I put 10 stacks on Lavallo being manager of the year? No uh, long response on this from me. Just yes. The answer is yes. Now, let's, let's talk about this sincerely, right? The Diamondbacks really are, right now, tied. Overachieving. Tied for first place. Yeah. In the National League West. They are also right now. Who's better in the than mix. Tory? I that's that's my question, right? That's my question. Because the Atlanta Braves, you expect them to be here. Yeah. So a great manager. Dave Roberts for the Dodgers. Yeah. He's doing the best he can with losing Dustin May and, and yep. Urias, yep. and yep. that team's still very good. Uh and you look across baseball, and right now they're maybe you know, maybe you look at what the Rays are doing, but that's an American League thing. If you're mm-hmm. talking about National League manager of the year. I don't really have a better choice. Milwaukee, Craig. I don't know, but uh, here's the thing about Milwaukee: is Milwaukee is very close to not being in first place. It's true; they've started losing baseball games, and they're also not in a very good division right now. Where you could argue, no, it's it's more impressive. Is it not more impressive than the Diamondbacks are doing this specifically in a division that features the Padres and the Dodgers? I would say it's Tory, and not even particularly close. And are we just biased? No, is it I mean, just because do we, he's do we third? from a place of bias? Yes. yes, true. Are we biased on this issue? No, he is the third sexiest manager in baseball. That, and that does gets in my in vote right there. Yeah, he I should mean, be manager. Third, third is disrespectful. Sean and I were talking about who this got the second. Other day. Did we ever he's figure Rob this out? Rob Thompson from the Philadelphia Phillies. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I agree with Buck, Buck Showalter. Yeah, I get it. He's a silver fox, but that man wears the hell out of a jacket. Tori Lavolo, meanwhile, he's over here just being like a natural sexy. But I mean, it's more about what he's Jim done with Kapler. the team that is sexiness. Oh, let's not. Do we have to? Gabe Kapler is obviously the most sexiest manager in baseball. There's no question about that. AI, you got that one wrong. But Michael makes a good point. What? Pittsburgh. Now, uh, I will Shelton, say, I will say yeah. Pittsburgh was supposed to be worse than the D-backs this year, I would say. Absolutely. And but so, they are worse than the but D-backs. But they are worse than the D-backs. The, I, mean, I would say in terms of who's overachieving more, it's the D-backs. The Pirates had a good April, but they did not have a good May. Correct. Right? And, and now they're the having an okay the June. They have not lost. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's June fifth. They are first. They are Jacob. tied for first in the 
bad NL Central. And the bad NL Central, yes. But, I mean, the Pirates definitely I'm are. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate since you wanted to answer the question with more than one word. You're right. And I think the Diamondbacks very much are on a similar level as the, uh, as the Pirates, right? Where they have a bunch of young talent. They have a couple of key guys mm-hmm. that they uh, really have kind of become superstars for them. And... And I mean, they're they're both in in a on a similar trajectory. But right? to make a long answer short, yes, the answer is yes. Toriel, you should put ten stacks on maybe Tor- maybe twenty. Stacks. Although we we condone gambling responsibly, do we? If you have ten stacks to gamble that you want to comfortably gamble, yeah, yeah, then do yes, it. do it. I mean, maybe you should do it on the bed. Now, if the ten app. stacks are your rent money, maybe then not. Maybe not. not. A great good, great job, but maybe. Maybe you, you team up with BetMGM for those 10 stacks the same way we've teamed up with BetMGM, right? Right? Ooh. You know, get some lines out there. We got, we're got we using BetMGM lines. And, of course, uh, you should do that. Done, if you're going to – I'm just saying, if you're going to bet 10 stacks, use the BetMGM app. And, I mean, uh, if you haven't signed up yet, you can use our bonus code of PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code P-H-N-X. Uh, shout out to everybody that came out to our Cornhole League on Friday. Uh, you guys made me very much feel inadequate about my Cornhole uh, my cornhole skills. But much like Jacob, I feel like I got better as the day went on. Would you agree with that? Did you feel like you got better? Did your skills get better? The I did boards get better. are so far away from each oh, other, the regulation. Jacob. They're so far away. They're regulation. I can either not get it to the board. Or I hit it I too hard this. and it slides off the fucking edge. I talked about this on the Coyotes podcast because obviously um, Sean DeGon Sean isn't DeLoss. here. Sean DeGon isn't here. And so I produced that show this morning. And like the people that look up cornhole tournaments, like just searching for people to come just dominate. Like, I don't know we have some really people. good cornhole people like I, showing I felt, up to these. I felt like I made friends with but some they, of them. But they like showed up and they're like, hey, Billy, like. These they boards had their are own, slick. Yeah, they no, had that's their what own I was going to say. It, they had their own monogrammed bags. They they brought tape measures to make sure that the distances were No, I don't know their names were Billy, but like I just they I have made, custom I pulled bags. Custom, Billy out there. custom bags they custom showed bags. up with, and I was obviously shitty. We all were, but these guys with the custom they bags are going. We are going. The boards are. We all are. They're just like sinking Hold on. it, and I'm Wait, going sinking I'm it. Over this fucking comment, as we all were, Damon, were you and I not on the same damn team? I thought we were Damon's dogs. Were you we, not going to give better. respect for this guy over here sinking fucking bags and making differences in we, games? I got better as the day went we, on. We, I demand we got respect. A lot of, I told you. I, I, was I also got better. He coached me. I was the only one with confidence. Damon believed. You were down and out, and I said, I Derek, was. we have this in our we bag. We lost 0 to 11 to Lindsay. This is besides the people. point. Oh, where did we get off the track? Anyway, this is all the fun you can have if you join us out at the Bed MGM Sportsbook out at State Farm Stadium for our Knockout Nights Cornhole League. First Friday every month. We're doing shows there. We're yelling at each other about cornhole. Damon's dogs are out there. We're fucking performing. We're trying our best. Uh, but We're all going to get smoked by the people yeah. who show up. That's that's essentially that's the, the, the moral of the story. But check out the show notes for full details if you want to learn. Uh, more about not only the knockout night cornhole leagues, but about MGM. Uh, and now listen to our friend Shane talk about the disclaimer. 
Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. All right, Damon, back to the mailbag. What else we got, my friend? Uh, Daniel asked the question that so many people have asked. Why is Paven Smith leading off? We probably got this question, what, Damon, 20 times? 20 times? 20 Paven Smith related? Minimum of five. Minimum of five. I think we all know why I could tell uh, big time to Paven Smith there because I felt like we all felt that same way about Paven Smith. I don't have an answer for you. I will say that the one thing that we've said about Paven Smith. This organization loves him. The organization believes in him, yes. even if we don't. And defensively in the outfield, we can. I, I feel very confident about saying Paven Smith is a liability uh, in, in right field. We saw that in this game. We saw him take an absolutely terrible route to a ball in, in the game on Sunday. And, I mean, it, it, it ultimately is the kind of defense that can cost the Diamondbacks big in some of these close series, in some of these close games. But to ask, answer why he's, he's leading off, I – I don't know. What, what, what do you have? Uh, I guess my best thing point. is Tori wants to play this lineups versus righties and lefties, and that's his guy. I don't think this decision is Tori's. You don't. Interesting. I would argue. Do you want to just keep is, your tinfoil hat on the whole show? Because we I can. think this is Mike Fitzgerald. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. That's probably making lineup decisions based off analytics because obviously yes. we know yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this organization is extremely high on analytics and statistics sure and they make a lot of their decisions based off of that yeah there's something they see in paven that while we might not agree with it they know there's something in paven's ability to hit to see pitches that gives you a professional at bat most times while paven might not be getting on base at the rate he was to start the year while he might not be hitting for extra bases or hitting for power or defensively sound, they think, based off of something that they're seeing, that he will go up there and give them a professional at bat at the top of the order every single time. Now, I, I would argue that this is one of the things that I disagree with this front office in their decision making is, is Pavin, I think, has almost ran his course here. I'm going to give you his numbers for the different batting order positions. And I think Correct. that's a bigger thing about why is he hitting leadoff. Now, mind you, he's had his, his most uh, at-bats at, at sixth, batting sixth in the lineup. But batting leadoff is his second most at-bats. Batting leadoff, he is hitting, uh, slashing 147, 275, 353. <sighs> second, 250, 400, 250. Third, 316, 350, 474. Batting fifth in the lineup, 188, 350, 250. Mm-hmm. Batting sixth, which he's done the most, he's hitting 225, 345, 408. Now, I know you can't really hang your hat on any of those numbers, especially the ones in the middle. Batting third, he's only had five, or wait, no, excuse me, uh, thir- uh, 20 plate appearances. Batting third, 20 plate appearances, batting fifth. So I, it, those aren't very much, but in the grand scheme of things, it very much feels like batting sixth in the lineup makes a lot of sense. I don't know what Tory's doing as far as his lineup construction is concerned, but I, I am with a lot of people. I don't think that that's 
really great for this team. And when you look at some of the losses, when you look at some of the lack of run production, um, some of it falls on the way that they're splitting this lineup, you know, apart and the way that these guys aren't coming through, especially with runners in scoring position, as we saw. Can I make a bold take with the Braves? I love when you make a bold take. So please go ahead. Uh, He should be hitting in dominant can zone spot in Reno. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, fair enough. We've seen Emmanuel Rivera play actually a pretty good first base. So I think the Diamondbacks have their backup at first for Christian Walker. And I think it's Emmanuel Rivera. I feel like that's a better option. And to be honest, I feel like I'm a better option in right field. Than Paven Smith is. And I would I love to see Derek not very play professional baseball. I am not, but I'm just starting to feel that way. You know, not at the I don't. Plate. I don't like making statements like that. But at no, some no, point, right. he's gonna he's gonna run right. his course, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you can't. Well, this team has shown that this year they are going to make the it's, moves it's they don't want to make. It's not just like his physical. It's not just like his physical athleticism. He's hurting this team. It's like his judgment. And they talked about it on the broadcast. Like when he missed that fly ball in right field, they were talking about his path to the ball and how bad it was and how like kind of confused he was out there. Pavin has a great idea of what the strike zone is, but I don't know if he's very good at knowing the best routes and stuff to take as an outfielder. And honestly, if if you're just kind of mediocre at all of that stuff uh, as a backup or whatever, you're not, I mean, you you can't be relied on to start like they started him in right field. Well, it also could be, God, I, I don't mean to be this like tinfoil hat guy the whole time. Oh my God. I just like, what if they're running him out there in hopes that he has good performances so that they can offload him at the deadline? Maybe, but I almost feel like maybe more part of it is that they do intend on sending him down. So why not get as much use out of him mm-hmm. now so that you That's can kind of give some guys some rest and try to have this lineup be as. You know, as a hundred percent as possible. I don't really know. Yeah. We still that's, have we still have we still one. have the question about where does Kyle Lewis play yeah. when he comes back, yeah. and Kyle Lewis has been very good. I want uh, Dominic Kansas at the minor league, and they yeah. and that's the other thing. Dominic Fletcher is still down, and we know how Alec good Thomas, uh, Alec Thomas, Anybody? yeah. So uh, there's a lot a lot of options, and it's a good problem for the Diamondbacks to have. Right. But we really don't have an answer on you for you on Paven Smith, other than I don't believe they feel. Anybody else is ready right now to come up and, and do a better job than Pavin. So, uh, but again, Cattell Marte very much uh, made us all relate when it came to, you know, how we feel about Pavin. What else we got here, Damon? Uh, Michael asks, Josh Rojas's baseball savant page is uglier than the child. Love child of Bertha Faye and Bastion Booger. That is a fucking deep cut wrestling reference. And I appreciate it, Michael. At what point do the Diamondbacks say maybe he needs to go to Reno? And that's not the only one. Like Josh Rojas, is, there's been a lot of question about Josh Rojas's power, his baseball savant page, a lot of things. Rojas looked a little bit better in this series. But to bit. be honest, when you do look at Josh Rojas's baseball savant page, it is very ugly. And I think one of the biggest things about what's struggling with, with uh, Rojas is uh, his launch angle and stuff is just terrible. There, there's a lot of things with his pitch uh, swing that I can't really, because I'm not a coach, I can't really pinpoint, but... There is there's a lot of bad happening when it comes to Josh Rojas uh, offensively at the dish, and they talked about him being a disruptor uh, on the base path when when he is in the game, and that's exactly what Josh Rojas is. Uh, Josh Rojas is absolutely a disruptor, and right now the only thing that is in red on his baseball savant page is his outs above average as a defender. So he he is doing a good job there defensively at third base, but. 
everything else offensively is really, really bad. Uh, his max exit velocity is uh, in the 20th percentile. Barrel percentage is in the 12th percentile. Uh, I mean, there's some other things here, like his strikeout, walk, and whiff rate are all average. But there is there there is something uh, not great right now about Josh Rojas, and especially uh, the power behind the 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 exit velo on his uh, on his balls are very very low. He has a six percent hard hit rate. If you want to talk about bad baseball savant numbers, let's just talk about Geraldo Perdomo. Our risk king? Yeah. How dare you? I mean, I like The man a, walks a lot, and he hardly ever I agree. strikes out. I agree. He hardly ever strikes out. He doesn't chase. His average exit velocity is fourth percentile. His hard hit per- percentile is first. He's one percentile <laughs> for hard hit rate. <laughs> He's yeah. eighth percentile for oh, barrel percentage. Man, but you know what? He's still our risk king. He got he a is. runner in scoring position RBI in this, this race, but... I don't know. I mean, I think uh, Emmanuel Rivera has been very good, but Emmanuel sure. Rivera isn't the kind of guy you really want playing. You need a long term solution at third base. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think it's in the organization right now. Really? Well, uh, I know how you've been itching. I'm Team Emmanuel Rivera. You guys have been itching to DFA Longo. I know that. No, 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 so. no, no, no. I actually think Longo needs to play more. Oh. All right. He gives you a a good veteran at bat. Okay. Every time. Okay. Does, takes pitches, sees pitches well. While the results might not always be there, that you could always argue that that's a case of he doesn't get enough at bats. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. Sometimes results are really hard if you're not getting consistent at bats. He rakes against lefties. <laughs> he really does. He like really does. like the man has a two sixteen batting average or somewhere around that, and his OPS is almost eight hundred. Yeah, I mean, he, he could be like, I think is there, you is, need a long-term answer for third base because it's such an important position to your organizational success, right? Good teams, how often do you find a good team that doesn't have a good third baseman? Offensively and defensively. Yeah. I don't know. I, at what point, though, I have to ask, especially with the inconsistency, what point do you start looking at Joe Mather, the hitting coach, as possibly being part of the reason? I, I mean, we've talked about how this team gets offense from everywhere at times. We've talked about how there's there's rarely a time where it's one guy leading the way over the course of a week for the Diamondbacks. They had that six-game winning streak, and during that, there was probably a different king snake, as we would call it around here, uh, for every game, right? So it's like, I don't know if Joe Mather is doing a good job or a bad job at times because I don't know if he's getting the most out of these guys, like we've said about Perdomo. Right, Perdomo's kind of come on out of nowhere. He's our risk king. He's the guy that at times they're putting the dunk, up runs. They're, they're putting can't up blame run. the hidden. Can't blame the hidden That's coach for that, thing, right? But then when you look at certain parts of the uh, of the offense, or even at times where you look at the fact that the offense can kind of go flat as a whole, not just this season yeah. but last season, do you start looking at the coaching for that, or is that more of yeah. you know the players? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know the answer to yeah. that, but I think that Josh Rojas is still. Like Josh Rojas offers intangibles just like Alec Thomas and Jake McCarthy do where when they are not hitting, they're still just very valuable to this team defensively. If they can get on base in any way, it feels like they're more valuable than certain other guys on the team. And it, it just feels like they're always trying to do something to, you know, get on base, make, you know, freaking uh, get get stolen bases, do whatever they can to get themselves in scoring position and, and get runs. But uh, the Diamondbacks do need to work better on that that manufacturing run aspect. What else we got, Damon? Uh, Tyler Hall asks, will the D-backs get a closer or just another high-leverage arm? 
And if they get a closer, do you think it will be a closer role or will they still stick with a closer by committee approach? I don't know. I think Tori Lavallo is is open to change. He's kind of one of those guys that has no problem admitting when he's made a mistake. And yeah. I, think, I think he's also said in the past that he kind of has a hard time not slipping back into that situation of, of, of having a closer, at least mentally, even if he doesn't have that person labeled as a job. He called Andrew Chafin their closer, and he even admitted that he kind of slipped up in saying that, but he, he still kind of meant it. But yeah, I mean, I think if anything that was, if there was one thing that was exposed in this series against the Braves was how much the Diamondbacks might need an actual closer and can't really do this closer by committee thing. Yeah, I just don't think that they have a closer in the in the bullpen right now. Like, I don't, That's I don't what I'm see. So, yeah, I don't so do see we go, that guy. We go outside that. of the organization for that. Is that the big trade that they try to make a move for by Maybe. the trade deadline? I mean, like you said earlier in the show, like how many options really are there at closer in baseball that are like know. that are that are that great? And are you going to get any of those? Are you going to get any? Is it going to be worth? jeopardizing future prospects or whoever you're going to have to trade away in order to get an arm like that. <clears throat> Mark the shark. Mm. I like that. Might find his way back into this. Uh, in, I, I don't hate that. Am I willing to give him a couple opportunities to look at it? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, this is a team that had Dallas Keuchel in their starting rotation last year. So I'm, I'm just I'm saying it's not the end of the world if you give the man another chance. All right. I, I don't hate that idea at all. Let's see what happens because he will be back and he should be back around what the all-star break. So maybe the answer is in the organization. They still have uh, our, our, our big fella to the future. Forward. I actually think Landon Sims is the oh. future Diamondbacks closer. Once he starts Hot ramping back up, I actually think he has it in him. That man struck out a boatload of guys in college yeah, and true. was just an true. absolute beast. Like Very he true. just like, the, the tried and true, like there's literally a video of him pitching in the College World Series where he like looks at the batter and he's like, let's just get this fucking going. Like he's just like, <laughs> look, he's like looking at his glove, like cursing yeah. him out. And it's like, yeah. whoa, like that's the intensity you need out of a closer. I, I, I like, and I actually I like think Landon Sims is probably your future answer to if if you have a closer in your system. I know a lot of people are probably going to say Justin Martinez. Um, Landon Sims is still trying to work Just, his way back from injury, so we don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, he's still, but he's if on the he turns out, right um, let me let me just do two seconds of searching. If you want to give the people some conversation, no, I like I like Dre potentially as a future closer. Actually, really, he's got great mentality. Yeah. He I really just love does. his ability to affect he the game really for a longer period than just one. I do like Landon Sims a lot, though. But Dre is someone that I would look at Here potentially long term. Landon Sims, when he was 20. In college baseball, pitched exclusively out of the bullpen. 25 games, 56 innings, 100 strikeouts in 56 innings. I like that. With a 1.44 ERA. ERA. 25 in the games. SEC. And a whip of .78 in probably, one of the, in probably the best collegiate baseball. And co- college baseball is hitting, too. Well, and he yeah. was a hitting he was, league. He was one well, of the only so college players. Do you want me to take this one too. step further? Please do. <clears throat> the next year when he hurt his arm in 2022... He only pitched in three games, started them, started all three, pitched 15 and two-thirds innings, 1-1-5 ERA, Let's go. struck out 27 guys in 15 and two-thirds innings. My goodness. My goodness. I'm getting impatient, and I don't, I'm not getting impatient with you, but I'm getting impatient because I want to eat Spaghetti yeah. Shack. And so we you should already ate your Spaghetti Shack. Quick reactions. Shack. 
To spaghetti? What? To yeah. what? To land it? To, to the rest of the the, the mailbags. Just mailbags going through. No, I'm talking about Spaghetti Shack first because I want the chicken parm. That's like I can smell it. It's right across the hallway from me. Uh, spaghetti Shack, of course, is our ASU alum owned and operated spaghetti factory, if you will. Uh, and they serve a menu starring spaghetti, meatballs, garlic bread, and a few other fan fav- favorites, including that parm that we're talking about. Uh, their mission is, of course, to provide quality affordable food as quickly as possible so that you can spend less time cooking and spend more time with your loved ones. The number one thing people around the office have said about the Spaghetti Shack spaghetti is that it is, in fact, tastes like you made it at home, right? And so where else? It is homemade spaghetti. It is is homemade spaghetti. Uh, And the Spaghetti Shack is a community-focused to-go pasta concept started right here in Tempe by five lifelong friends. We are currently serving Tempe and Queen Creek, and we hope to come to your area soon. So make sure to check out our friends at Spaghetti Shack. And thank you guys so much for the delicious food that I am going to destroy after we are out of here. But before we get on to more Mailbag Monday questions, we do have to thank our friends at More Furniture. Um, Of course, Jesse, uh, not here right now because he's working out some sort of weird deal right now with More Furniture up for Chase Lounge sponsorship i don't get it it's a thing he's doing on his own but uh, they helped us furnish our food studios and we can't thank them enough for giving me and totri a place to nap totri was all cuddled up on a couch over there with a blankie earlier he was adorable but uh, make sure if you need a couch or a wonderful recliner to watch sports in or anything for your home you check out our friends at morefurniture.com you can save big on the best furniture in the valley when you head to morefurniture.com. Now, we got a few more Mailbag Monday questions. What else we got, Damon? Uh, Brandon Buckingham asked, what prospects do you think are on the table for trades to obtain another starting pitcher and or closer? Uh, First, I'd like to say I do agree with that. I think that if the Diamondbacks do pursue anybody in a trade, it needs to be a pitching arm. It's going to be a starting pitcher because your bullpen is going to be so much better off for it. Because this bullpen bullpen has shown that they could be actually good. But they're just being overutilized. I think they're just being overutilized. So, so Landon, Landon in the chat, Shane Beaver. Shane Beaver, Beaver you are absolutely Beaver. in Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, I, I would I would be 100% down for Shane Beaver. Uh, I would the like Detroit Tigers too, just to make our friends at the White Sox, the CHGO podcast sad. They Eduardo, Rodriguez Ooh, Eduardo Rodriguez is very good. such an interesting name for me because he doesn't – I mean – if you're considering your timeline when Zach Gallen is still here, you have this year, next year, and the year after, right? You got three, three more years if you include this as a full year. Eduardo Rodriguez is really interesting in that regard because if you're willing to spend for an older, I mean, he's not older, he's like 30, but like the audacity of you look at me as a 42 year old man, say older at <laughs> 30, but go ahead. I think he <laughs> might be that guy. He could be. Because a like everybody's like, hey, let's just make the rotation Gallon Kelly. Uh, I mean, at the time it was Fott, Davies, Jameson. Where's your lefty? Yeah. Like, I understand if you just carry an extra lefty in the bullpen, which this team actually kind of could because of Mantiply, Nelson, and Chafin. You should sure. carry three lefties. It kind of offsets that. But I. Part of my old head in baseball, um, I'm not a full old head when it comes to like I'm all for advancement of the game, but I do think that there's something to be said about making sure you have a lefty in your starting rotation. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Because it, you it need to break up, up the, 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 the visual element yeah. of what you're yeah, throwing yeah. out there every single it's, day. It's the same reason why it's so valuable to have a... You if know, you played a different team every single day, then maybe not. But you're playing guys or teams three days in a row minimum you you very rarely play a two-game series gabriel ferrer says otani let's go 
or can we get Alcantara on a slight discount since he has a five ERA? Dave, it would be interesting because Dave's Alcantara was don't, don't 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 acknowledge him. He's drunk. Obviously, Alcantara was, was actually who the Cardinals sent with Gallon to yes. Miami. We talk about this in this one's an episode because we have to make the Cardinals remember this and never forget it. Uh, just like we never forget the Goldschmidt trade. What else we got there, Damon? Uh, Karen Groundhog Mama. She asks, "Is Gallon too much on his head lately? The pressure of Cy Young candidate talk. He has struggled at the beginning of recent starts and eventually settles in. I don't know." really what's going on with him. I do know that a big part of Zach Gallon talking about his bad outings has to do with his feel of pitches. And I feel like when Zach Gallon has a bad outing, it's because he's throwing nothing but the knuckle curve and the fastball, right? His changeup is very good. His, I was going to say, he's got stuff. He's got other pitches, right? He's but just he's, got stuff and he's he got to trust it. He abandons them, it seems yes. like, when, they don't, when he doesn't have the feel for it. Yeah, it almost seems like early in games, like especially in this Braves start yesterday it just felt like they knew what was coming and put away like yeah put away I, situations right like the one yeah. thing i knew about zach Allen because when he first got traded for i actually worked in the organization um and i was at every single home game because i worked in the production department for okay. the diamondbacks yeah the one thing i always knew is that zach Allen's changeup was about as disgusting as it, like his his out pitch was his changeup Obviously, that's shifted a little bit. His out pitch is definitely his curveball this year. Yeah. Like, that has been his out pitch. It absolutely has. And yeah. at times, I feel like I have not seen his changeup as much as I would have liked to seen it. Here's the thing, though. Zach Gallen can go six innings, give up two earned runs against one of the best teams in all of baseball, yeah. and we still have to ask, what is wrong with Zach Gallon? That's what I'm saying. Like, he's he's good. He just... I think he's achieved a level of excellence where our expectations at time are too high. And this year, it feels like even though he went on that scoreless inning streak, we've heard yeah. out of his mouth uh, say more often than not that he doesn't have a good feel for the pitches tonight or tonight he was off or whatever, right? So it's like Gallon, when he's at his best is incredible, maybe even untouchable, but he's not at his best very often. And one thing that's been said about the best starting pitchers, best pitchers in baseball, is that when they can be effective at 80% is when they are very, very good, in fact. And I think that Zach Gallon yeah. is even effective at like 60%. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting point because it just feels like even when he's off, he's still better than yes. 90% yes. of what you're going to get in the yes. league. Right. Right. Like he might've had, a, he might've had that start in Pittsburgh where he got shelled, but outside of that, his quote unquote bad starts have not really been, he got a quality start yesterday. I thought he was going to get tossed yesterday. I thought when he was going to get tossed after two over, innings. He went over and basically told the home plate umpire. Well, those were some atrocious he, calls. He, he, they were, right? But the confidence to go over to a home plate umpire and say the words out of your mouth, I am going to throw it there all day long. Almost like you better call it a strike because when I fucking throw it here, it's a fucking strike and I'm going to throw it here all day long. So I just want you to know that's where I'm throwing it. And like, it was just, he, he was much more like diplomatic than I was in that the, instance. But the I feel like that's is coming one, so. again. Yeah. Because it's at some point, he will figure it out. Well, and he's whatever's like, been going on. He's like this much off, right? Like when you're talking about the, the pitches Galantere yesterday. Is when coming. he was hitting the corner and then looking at the umpire, I wanted to fight the umpire because he totally got the corner on that call. Should have been a strikeout. I think he still ends up getting the swinging strikeout. But Zach Allen, 
he knows what he's doing out there, and he knows when the strike zone isn't effective, and that's one thing that I love about him. But um, I think he's fine. I think yeah. it's just, again, it's the more Zach Gallen gets seen, the more footage is out there of him, the more information is out there on him. And He's you can fine. tell there's there was a there was a game plan about jumping on him early sure. you know, that that seemed to work out early in that series and that's probably spreading around baseball they're probably figuring it out. Uh, what else we got, Damon? We got any more? Uh, Sun season. Eric O'Key forty two says, "Who goes down once Carson comes back? Probably Jose, Jose Herrera. Herrera." I at this you're point, not carrying three catchers. Well, it's really really difficult. I like Jose Herrera, but he doesn't give you a bat. And his defense has been really, really bad. Pitchers like Jose Herrera. They do. And that's kind of a, he calls a good pro- game. He calls a good He's game. He's a good framer. But but less and less of them are actually calling the game anyway. Or more of the you know pitchers are also, taking the responsibility. Who, who pitchers also like? Who? Carson Kelly. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, we've heard Zach Allen say that Gabriel Moreno was in the fight with you. And you know that this guy, few people love Gabby as much as the man sitting to my left. But Yo, Gabby, Gabby. Yo, Gabby, Gabby. But I definitely understand because... He's still a young guy. He probably shouldn't be getting this much. No, Carson's going to be really good you know? for him. Yeah, just to have a break. But, but so so nobody is going to like getting Carson back better than Zach Gallen because those two are are peas in a pot. Very true. Very true. I know Merrill Kelly very much likes Carson Kelly as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if our best pitchers can get even better once he returns to the lineup. We have anything else there, Damon? Uh, Mr. Burns, <laughs> Mr. Burns uh, said, "Is Cattell a good teammate? Why do they never interview him? Him missing Pavin on the way to the dugout yesterday was pretty funny. It made me realize that they never really show him interacting with the guys or anything." Um, yes, to answer your question, Cattell, Cattell is a great teammate. Is a great teammate. Um, driver, questionable. In his Lamborghini, <laughs> rolling around downtown. I'm not going to say he's a great driver. He may have cut Jesse off once or twice. But uh, teammate, great teammate. To, could tell Marte, to me, is the kind of guy that just makes uh, baseball more fun. He's just an infectiously joyous person yeah. when it comes to playing you're, the game. You're talking about a guy that for the last two or three years has been injured for a majority of the seasons, fair, right? Fair. So, like, I feel like he's been really painted in a bad way injured in a for shitty the past way too. couple years like, like when, where it's like his hamstrings hurt so it looks like he's dogging the first base right that's when what i was gonna fact, say yes the cattell that we're getting this year is, is the cattell that loves baseball right have you ever had he your hamstrings triples. cramp when running like my god it's one of the he worst hits feelings triples ever. he steals bases he's exciting in the field right like this Cattell, the Cattell that loves, and he just like as to the question as to why they're not interviewing him, you can throw that out. Like he's just not that guy. Like no, he just I'm gonna give you why. I'm gonna give you why. Cattell straight up, he's lying about how well he can speak English. I'm just putting it out there. This guy fucking put the tinfoil hat on. Cattell straight up is fluent in English. I'm gonna say that. I don't he know. He doesn't want to be interviewed. He just doesn't want to be interviewed. So does he go through the interpreter, which then for an English broadcast makes it one more hurdle that you don't want to have to have to go through an interpreter and stuff like we've seen it with Lourdes, but Lourdes was red hot and he had the purple hair and I have the purple hair and it's hard to not talk to cool guys with purple hair. I get it. But Cattell, he's very much just not that guy. Like yeah. he's flashy in other Him ways. Him missing Pavin was not at all a thing. No, no. I think he, he turned around at the dugout. And think, he was like, my bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think he really, I, I don't think it was a thing at all, but I think it was very funny. Yes. Uh, Cattell's I, a great teammate. So let's not, push that storyline hold on wait hold on 
You finish your story. Are we not all as fans going to react to Paven the same way? Are you going up and high five and Paven? I'm just asking. I'm just. I asking. feel like you have Are to. Are you doing it? Uh, but Cattell, uh, another thing that's funny about Cattell was he said to me the other day in perfect English, "Why did I dye my hair like Gory?" And he said it in such a way that made me angry at him because I've never heard Cattell speak to me in such absolute clear English in the entire time I've known him. However, Cattell also. Um, has introduced himself to me like 15 times. Like legitimate, mucho gusto, Cattell Marte. So, I mean, maybe I'm a forgettable face. I'm fine with that. It's fine. The purple hair is not forgettable, No, Derek. the purple hair is but like, you he seemed mad. He asked me why I didn't do my hair like his. And I don't know if you've seen his hair, but he has dreads you now. You should do his hair like You, you should do your hair like yeah, his. Can I pull that off? Yeah, if he goes on a tear, if he goes on a tear in the second half of the season. I'm with it. Uh, if So, if this team, here we go. If this team wins the division, will yeah. you do your hair like Cattell Marte for the playoffs? Yeah, I'm done with it. Let's go. I just got to find somebody to do it. And again, much like dyeing my hair purple, I'm not sure if it will if it'll last the process, but I'm with it. Let's do it. Uh, did I just agree to that on the show? Now I you have did. to do it. Yeah. Damn Can it. we clip that, Damon? This is, how I, this is what happened last time with the purple hair. Do we got anything else, Damon? No, we're good. All right. We thank you guys so much for your Mailbag Monday questions. You guys are the best. Uh, we couldn't have Mailbag Monday without you, and we've gone tremendously over on our time today but that's oh, yeah. fine sorry that's to ASU. fine sorry to asu sorry to everybody else that we don't we don't care about you we're doing our thing here but of course uh make sure to stop by circle k uh whether you're on time whether you're late whether you're ahead of the game it doesn't matter you can stop by circle k check out your local circle k for the best coffee beer and snack selection premium gas and don't forget gas station uh gas pump entertainment uh stock up at circle k america's thrift stop uh when i say thirst stop make sure to get yourself iced coffee red bull monster they're all on sale over at circle k you can get them cheaper than anywhere else and of course make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff right now you can text 31310 text phnx to 31310 to join their sms subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on a 32-ounce Polar Pop. Uh, head to CircleK.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. And when we talk about that beer selection, don't forget to pick up some Four Peaks while you're there at Circle K. You can get Four Peaks at Circle K or wherever you get your beers. Uh, and, of course, Circle uh, Four Peaks is all about uh, not only being the official craft beer of the Arizona Diamondbacks, but uh, providing you with the delicious beer down at Chase Field. Uh, hop on over to the Four Peaks Draft Room where we had our D-backs take it over. Incredible. It, it was incredible. They put us out into the section into the section down below where you can watch the game from. Ooh. Then they came over and told us, you don't have to go to your seats. You can just stay here and watch the game. We were like, do we have to buy anything more? They're like, nah, fam, we got you. You're here. And so this is a beautiful part about the Four Peaks uh, draft room. Don't forget, if you have a ticket to the game, anybody can go there, get yourself a table. Maybe you have like upper upper deck seats come on down to the draft room it's a beautiful view from out there and of course join us for our d-backs takeover events as well you can check out the events page in our show notes to find dates and tickets uh most importantly follow four peaks brew at uh or at four peaks brew or go to fourpeaks.com slash events to stay up to date on everything four peaks and four peaks is all about being for teachers so check out their promotion right now they're four peaks for teachers every year four peaks donate school supplies to teachers around the valley this year, they are giving away 11 $1,000 cash grants, and one lucky teacher will win a teacher's lounge renovation provided by Four Peaks. Talked about this with Jesse. That, that teacher's lounge, that's, that's key. you got to have a, a space of your own. No kids are allowed in the renovated teacher's lounge, by the way. You stay out, uh, by the way. Am I being mean with that? No, I, I just keep like the kids out. Kid. 
the kids don't get to go in there. They're for the teachers, all right? They need a place of their own, all right? Uh, by the way, Teachers Tuesdays are back at the A Street Pub. Every Tuesday through July, bring a valid teacher ID and receive $4 pints of Kilt Lifter, Wow, Hazy, or Hop Knot because you deserve it. Uh, 4peaksforteachers.org to do nominate, donate, or reserve your kit. Check out at Four Peaks Brewer at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. We thank you guys so much. I thank this guy for being here. Thank you so much. He's got so much to do, and he still takes time out to come do an hour-long show. my daughter's first day at daycare. How are you feeling? Are you all right? Yeah, she had a blowout. Mm. Yeah, so I feel that's bad. Their I feel problem, bad for though. her teacher. But see, that's their problem and not our problem, right? Uh, I just my, totally, one day when she's like at her wedding, I'm going to play this video and I'm going to be like, by the way, <laughs> I outed you on, on YouTube once. Perfect. Perfect. I have a photo of my daughter uh, going to the bathroom with like cowboy boots on and holding her tablet. So that's definitely getting thrown up on the screen uh, at her wedding. But that's what we do. We're dads. we got to embarrass you at your wedding because we love you so, so much. But uh, thank you guys, of course, for dropping by. Thank you to you for being here. You guys for can follow me. For being you. For being a dad. And for most importantly, uh, Thank you to Damon Fosh. for sticking with us through this yeah. onslaught of <laughs> Damon, a show. Damon, Damon is the real MVP of today's show. Make sure to follow him on Twitter, at DamonDog. That's D-A-W-G. And you got to do a little at the end for our cornhole team. Uh, I'm at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. Jacob Franklin is at Jacob underscore Franklin for our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. But, of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter instagram and facebook we thank you guys so much for being here you guys are the absolute best for sticking through with us uh, we appreciate your time so much and remember kids baseball is fun but it is so much more fun when you extend your manager to a new one-year deal